Welcome to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast, where we weave the threads of traditional living into the tapestry of modern day life. I'm your host, Hannah, and I'm a naturopath, herbalist, and passionate plant lover here to discuss topics such as daily ritual, intentional living, witchcraft, herbal astrology, plus sharing interviews with inspiring guests, and so much more. Thank you for being here, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a podcast review if you enjoy my content. I wish to honour and express my deepest gratitude to the traditional custodians of the unceded land on which I live and record, the Wanjaraburra people. I want to acknowledge their elders, past, present and emerging, and their continued connection to the land, sea and community. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast. My name is Hannah, I am a naturopath and a herbalist and this evening we are going to be chatting about herbs for autumn. So in this episode I'm going to be running through a couple of my favourite herbs, herbs that are really accessible, really easy to grow in your own yards or even your own homes in a pot, herbs that are really easy to get and use, that are really safe uh, and that are wonderful for this time of year. I probably will do a couple of more segments on herbs for autumn then herbs for winter and also spring and summer because I think it's really nice to know what plants are going to be very supportive for us these times of the year throughout the seasons. And so yeah, let's jump right in. So the herbs I'm talking to you about today are rosemary and thyme. These herbs are Mediterranean herbs or are commonly known as Mediterranean herbs, although they do grow and are readily used throughout Europe and other countries as well. And they grow really beautifully here in Australia. Both of these plants have beautiful magical properties as well and they are both high in volatile oils slash aromatic compounds which is part of what gives them their beautiful medicine. They're also both members of the mint family. These plants have a lot in common and so they go beautifully together and are commonly used together in foods and other remedies as well. To begin with let's talk a little bit about rosemary. Rosemary is up there with one of my favorite herbs of all time. It was always one of my favorite herbs from the very very beginning and there's some really unique things about rosemary that I think make it really special um, which I will get into but let's talk about rosemary. So some of the alternative names or like other common names for rosemary are Dew of the Sea, which I love, Herb of Remembrance, which is going to become very evident why it's called that sometimes in a minute, and then also Elf Leaf, which is possibly my favourite name for rosemary. It is, in terms of its herbal actions, it is antioxidant, antimicrobial, spasmolytic, carminative, so good for the gut and the digestive system, mild analgesic, circulatory stimulant, topically, but also a cognitive stimulant. And I think that that is one of the major ways that I use rosemary is to support cognitive function, but also it's really fantastic for for supporting liver detoxification, specifically when we're talking about particular hormones such as estrogen. Now, one of the things that I think makes rosemary so special is that it's one of the few herbs that can actually, or contains compounds that can actually cross the blood-brain barrier and directly exert neuroprotective effects on the brain. And I think that's really cool. Uh, It is dry to the second degree, hot second degree, and it is corresponding with the sun, the element of fire, and the sign of Leo. I think this also makes a lot of sense as to why it thrives in Mediterranean climates as well and probably why it thrives in Australia because we do have a warmer climate here 
Uh, but again, it grows readily throughout Europe and I don't think it just has to be grown in warm climates. It just does tend to thrive there. Um, so in terms of correspondences, it has connections with Venus and Aphrodite, even though it's typically referred to or known as a masculine plant and also has ties to the Virgin Mary. So I think it's really interesting in my research that it really does have quite a balance of the feminine and masculine in regards to its correspondences. And that isn't something you see a lot. I, I just think it's really interesting. And I do think to look at the plant, it has a more masculine appearance until it flowers. And then it has a very feminine appearance. Like it's really soft and beautiful and those gorgeous lilac flowers. It's just stunning. So the magical properties of rosemary are abundant and actually it can help with abundance, but uh, it's very protective. It's very purifying. It's used for remembrance and to ward off negative energies or negative spirits. It's very connected with the Fae and for, with fairies in particular. Um, used for memory and clearing and smoke clearing before rituals. And it's also used to attract elves. And that's something I came across quite a few times, which I was not aware of the connection with elves before this <laughs> recording this episode and doing my research. Um, because I know a lot about rosemary, but that was one that surprised me. So it's always nice to learn something new. I did look for some traditional folkloric history of rosemary's use and found some cool ones. So in Sicily, it was believed that young fairies would sleep amongst the flowers of rosemary. In Scandinavia, it was known as the elfin plant. Again, that must be where the elf part is coming in. And then also due to its symbolism and looking a little bit like a mini pine tree in some, some instances, it was used a lot in European Christmases um, as a decorative herb and also as the actual Christmas tree, I would imagine as the actual full plant that would grow a big rosemary plant and take it inside, I'm guessing, uh, from as early as the 16th century. But then that was phased out as people started to use the common pine tree and poinsettias and things like that. So that's no longer a thing, but I think it would be beautiful if you grew a big one in a pot, you could bring it inside every year and use it as the Christmas tree. And how fragrant would that be? Also, if you smell the scent of rosemary on Christmas Eve, it's said that you'll have good luck for the coming year. So I'm definitely going to try that this Christmas. And what I found particularly interesting, and this relates back to the balance of the feminine and masculine with rosemary, uh, but in some counties in, in England, it became representative of the woman of the house in their kitchen gardens. And so in 1870, an author named John Lindley wrote that in these counties, it was believed that rosemary only grew well where the woman of the house was also the master of the house. And this resulted in some of the lords who felt like they were no longer in control of their households damaging the rosemary plants. So I just thought that was interesting and something to think about. And I actually make, with my business grown botanicals, I make a tonic blend, which is like a medicinal hot chocolate called the Rosemary Refocus. And it is specific. It's rosemary powder blended with lion's mane mushroom and a lovely chocolatey drink that is a coffee replacement and supports cognitive function. So it gets your brain fired up and ready to go in the morning. And so, yeah, rosemary and chocolate, if you haven't tried it, one of the best combinations, definitely give it a go. Rosemary chocolate cookies, rosemary chocolate hot chocolates you know, rosemary chocolate cakes. There's just so many ways to do it and it is absolutely delicious. Now let's chat a little bit about thyme. So thyme, again, also a mint family plant. It 
Really, it's just known as garden thyme or the common thyme, and it is antiseptic, particularly for the respiratory, urinary tract, and GIT. And it's antispasmodic for the respiratory tract. It is antitussive, which helps with coughing. Uh, it's astringent, antimicrobial, bitter tonic slash digestive, carminative. It's a mild anthelmintic. I wouldn't use it as that like exclusively. That's to help with parasites and worms. It's also a relaxing expectorant and it's antifungal as well. It is dry to the third degree, hot to the third degree. It's representative of the sign Capricorn, Mars and Venus, and then fire and water. And it has an affinity, I would say, specifically for the respiratory system and the lungs. So really fantastic if you've got any sort of cold or flu that's going to the chest. I think like I really commonly use thyme uh, tincture in remedies for clients who have a cold or flu where they've got a bit of a chesty cough. Um, or even if they just think it's a bad infection, I just really like to use thyme. And again, one of my favorite herbs, I use it in a salve, I have this special magical salve, which I'm not allowed to call it magical, but it's it's a really good all-purpose, I'm not allowed to say that either, it's a really nice salve, <laughs> and you can use it for a wide range of conditions and skin issues, and um, I put rosemary and thyme together with other ingredients, and it's just so good, and if you've ever smelled rosemary and thyme together in anything, you'll know that they just, they're a fantastic pairing. Uh, so when looking at the magical properties of time. It's also associated with Aphrodite and Venus, and then also Mars and Aries. So again, there's a balance of the feminine and masculine there that I personally see. In the regards to the folkloric history, it was used by ancient Egyptians in the embalming process, which is wonderful, like that's incredible. And that's because it's so antibacterial, antiseptic, antimicrobial, antifungal. And it also was a plant associated with the fae, the fair folk. The good folk, whatever you, however you like to refer to them. Uh, so it can be planted in the garden to call in the fae and honour their presence. And also place morning dew found on time on your eyelids and lie upon a hill, it's said, to try and meet the good folk. So you could always go and try to find the dew on your time in the morning, but be aware because, you know, messing with the fae is not for the faint of heart and really shouldn't be done at all. And they're quite powerful beings. So just be conscious when you're trying to work with them or meet them that you're doing it in a safe and respectful way. And in my research, I did find resources that said that rosemary and thyme were traditionally used to ward off witches and ward off the fae. But personally, I really think that it's more of a calling in and a protection for witches and calling in of the Fae and connecting with the Fae than the alternative. So that's just do with that what you will. Do your own research with that. But that's what I found and that's my experience. It's also connected with the Virgin Mary and was said to have been included in the herbs that made up her bed straw when she gave birth to Jesus. So there were quite a few herbs, you can look it up, but there were quite a few herbs apparently that were present in her bed straw when she gave birth. So I think that's really interesting. Nicholas Culpepper, who is a very well-known herbalist from back in the day, recommended thyme as a remedy for nightmares and it was used really commonly for protection and courage. So I think as a common theme for rosemary and thyme, to look at them as a protective and clearing kind of plant makes a lot of sense because it translates both physically, you know, protection against disease, against colds and flus and bacteria and fungal infections, but then also protection against evil spirits and bad energies 
and nightmares and really anything that you need protecting from. So I think that that's just, it, I think a lot of herbs, you can look at the physical and energetic properties and connect them and spiritual properties as well. So yeah, it's kind of like looking at the doctrine of signatures, what the plant looks like often gives you a clue as to what it might be helpful for. I think the same thing goes for looking at the physical properties and translating that into energetic spiritual properties. In terms of ways to use these plants, I think that there are many a way in which to use these plants because again, they're very safe, they're very accessible, they're not expensive, and they're really easy to incorporate in a wide range of methods and yeah, recipes. So I'm going to go ahead and list off some of the ways you could use these plants in your day-to-day -day life and in your ritual work. But just remember, your imagination's pretty much the limit with these ones. So you can use it as a hair rinse. Christy often uses hers as a hair rinse, especially with rosemary. And that's actually a really common way of using rosemary is as a hair rinse. It is a circulatory stimulant, especially topically, right? So it can help with supporting hair growth, uh, alongside other herbs like peppermint, for example. So you can obviously put these herbs in food. Really fantastic in food, both sweet and savory. Again, as I said, rosemary and chocolate, beautiful combination. Little bit of sea salt, oh, so lovely. You can also hang them in and around the home for protection. You can grow them in your garden or by the entrances of your home for protection and also to use in your recipes. <laughs> you can use them in ritual work, either as an incense or really there's a variety of ways you could use it in ritual work. You can use it in meditation. You can, um, yeah, so many ways to do it. You can also drink them as a tea or make a tub tea, which is basically a rosemary bath or a thyme bath or both. You can put them on your altars and work with the plant spirit. You can use them dried for smoke clearing. And also you can bundle them with other herbs such as lavender for smoke clearing. They make a beautiful little smoke clearing stick. And so also I like that it's more sustainable than white sage and more culturally appropriate for a lot of us than white sage and Palo Santo. Uh, so that's just something to keep in mind. You can pop it under your pillow again for the protection from dreams. And you can also use it as a tincture, as a salve, as an infused honey, and really any other medicinal preparation. You could use them as a wash for your skin if you're trying to help an infection or something like that. Uh, really, again, your imagination's the limit with these. There are so many beautiful recipes out there. Uh, so definitely get experimenting because kids and adults alike, you know, enjoy these herbs and they're just really beautiful herbs to work with. Again, sustainable, easily accessible, don't know how much I can stress it, and just really amazing for the body. Also a little tip for those of you who are going to use these as a tea, because they are herbs that are really rich in volatile oils, which again is part of the magic of them, part of the healing properties of them, make sure that when you're doing a tea, you pop like a plate over the top, or if you have a tea infuser with a cover, but cover your cup while it's steeping because the hot water will evaporate off the volatile oils. And that is what you want to keep in the cup for the medicinal properties. So this goes for any plant that has a high volatile oil or essential oil com like content. You want to be covering it when you're brewing your tea. So mint probably would be another one. Uh, there's quite a few, but yeah, they're the, they're the key ones. Definitely with rosemary, always cover your cup of tea whilst it is steeping. Speaking of which, another great way you could use it is as an inhalation steam. So if you're feeling really clogged up or like you've got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a cough going 
or a sore throat or, you know, just a cold and you're all stuffed up. You could use rosemary and thyme and mint's another good one to blend with this or eucalyptus. And what you do, this is, a, again, a really traditional way of doing it, but get a really good bowl or your sink. Fill it with hot, like boiling hot, steamy water and the herbs. And then pop your head over the top of the sink, not in the water. We don't want to burn our faces, but over the top and cover your head and the bowl or sink with a towel. And so you're actually inhaling and breathing in all of those beautiful volatile oils and helping to open up airways and things like that. So that's also a really nice way to use them. But I hope that you've enjoyed learning a little bit about rosemary and thyme. Again, these herbs can be used any time of year, but they are really fantastic for this time of year with the colds and flus going around and, you know, the little scratchy throats you might get every now and again, or maybe you're just feeling cold. Again, they're warming herbs, so whilst they may not be great for a hot constitution person all of the time, you might find that winter is a great time for you to experiment with these herbs because it's actually naturally colder. And so you can tolerate more warming herbs. Or if you're a cold constitution person, rosemary and thyme might be like really great constitutional remedies for you. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something new. I will do some posts on Instagram sharing some info about these herbs as well. And I look forward to sharing some other herbs, some other seasonal herbs with you in the future. So if you did enjoy this episode, definitely give me some feedback. Let me know because it helps guide me as to what I'm planning out and what I share with you guys. So yeah, enjoy, enjoy the season. I hope you all had a wonderful Samhain and I will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.